This week in the True Crime Corner, I'm going to be telling y'all a little bit about a killing spree that spanned two states and came to a shocking conclusion in the Piedmont of North Carolina. This story was first brought to the spotlight by journalist Jerry Bledsoe, who wrote a series of articles for the Greensboro News and Record and later went on to write the New York Times bestseller, Bitter Blood, A True Story of Southern Family Pride, Madness, and Multiple Murder. This book is available at the Yadkin County Public Library as well as in NC Cardinal. So if it strikes your interest or a memory and you want to dig deeper into the tangled web that is this case, it's available for checkout here at the library. So let's go ahead and jump right into the case. This story comes to a head on June 3rd, 1983. Though many would say it became it began years earlier with the marriage of Susie Sharp Newsom and Tom Lynch. The pair met at Wake Forest University and both hailing from prominent Southern families seemed perfect for one another. However, things were not as perfect as they seemed and Tom's mother Dolores and Susie could not get along from the start. Dolores seemed to see right through Susie and her obviously spoiled and perfect temperament. The pair even fought on Tom and Susie's wedding day. Regardless, the marriage took place and Susie soon followed Tom to Kentucky while he attended dental school. Susie and Tom had two sons in 1974 and 1975. And after dental school, Tom chose to move the family to Albuquerque, New Mexico to begin his dental practice. Susie, of course, hated not only the climate, but everything about being away from the South. In New Mexico, the strain their marriage had been under for years continued to deteriorate, and in 1979, Susie returned to North Carolina with her sons and no intention of returning to New Mexico. They were soon divorced, and Susie was given custody of their boys. Well, this is where things get a little odd. As Susie soon got romantically involved with her first cousin, Fritz Kleiner. Fritz himself was a weird guy. He was a white supremacist with a knack for manipulation. Soon they were playing the perfect little family with Susie's two boys. Around this time, Tom, Tom Lynch decided it was time to get more active in his boy's life and petitioned the courts for more visitation rights, to which he was granted, but not without outrageous hurdles to jump through. You see, Susie's aunt was also Susan Sharp, and she was the first female elected as a chief justice to any state Supreme Court. So the courts were kind of in Susie's pockets, and that should have been enough. But with Fritz's manipulation and Susie already paranoid Tom was going to take her boys, the custody battle raged on. With tensions rising on the 24th, 1984, a friend of Dolores Lynch made the horrifying discovery of Susie's ex-mother-in-law shot multiple times on the porch outside her home in Kentucky. She had been shot in the back and the head and had been there for at least a day, the summer heat making for a disturbing discovery. When investigators arrived, they also found a blood trail that led to the body of Janie Lynch, Dolores Lynch's daughter. She had also been shot in the back of the head. While investigators agreed that these murders 
Murders looked like professional hits. They were dumbfounded as to what had happened to Tom Lynch's remaining family. Within the next year, they would realize that Fritz and Susie had the motive of of hatred of Dolores Lynch for funding the custody battle between Tom and Susie. After the death of his mom and sister, Tom received support from an unlikely source, his ex-wife's parents, Bob and Florence Newsom. Florence agreed that the boys should be able to see both parents and had not gotten along with her daughter for years, questioning her, her odd behavior since she began her relationship with her first cousin, Fritz. Bob and Florence agreed to testify on Tom's behalf, agreeing that he too should have equal time with the boys. Susie was enraged, and as the next court date got closer, tragedy struck again. On May 19th, the bodies of Bob and Florence Newsom, as well as Bob's mother, Hattie Newsom, were found murdered inside their Winston-Salem home. Bob and Hattie had both been shot, but whoever killed Florence showed no mercy. She had been shot, stabbed, and had her neck slit. This was a crime of pure hatred. With the murders of the Lynches and now Newsom's, investigators in Kentucky and North Carolina began to take a closer look at the relationship between Susie and Fritz. Sure, they were a little odd, but were they capable of such murders? Investigators spent the next several weeks trying to obtain confessions from Fritz to no success. On June 3rd, the killing spree of Fritz and Susie came to an end. As police staked out Susie's apartment, they watched as she and Fritz ran duffel bags of supplies back and forth from the apartment to Fritz's Chevy Blazer. It was then that the pair put Susie's two boys, John and Jim, in the blazer and took off with the detectives behind them in pursuit. At one intersection, an officer attempted to take out the blazer by ramming the side. Fritz then jumped out with an Uzi and fired at the officer, wounding him, though he survived. The blazer, still able to run, took off again, and throughout the pursuit, Fritz stopped several times to shoot at the trail of police behind him. Then, just when they believed that they were just getting started, the blazer blew up like a bomb, with pieces scattering everywhere. Susie's body was blown to pieces, where she had been sitting closest to the bomb that had been placed under the vehicle. Fritz's body was ejected from the vehicle and into a nearby ditch where he lived for a few more minutes before taking his last breath. The boys were found in the back seat of the blazer. Both had been shot in the head before the bomb exploded. It was also later determined that they had both been given cyanide at some point, hoping that they would die before the fiery explosion. The killing spree had finally ended with the deaths of nine people, all connected by one woman. Y'all, I could spend a long time talking about the details and specifics about this case, but the bottom line is this was such a tragedy, and if you are interested in true crime cases and why people do what they do and why people's brains work how they work, I encourage you to check out the links I used to research the case, as well as Jerry Bledsoe's Bitter Blood. Thanks for tuning in this week, y'all. And remember, if true crime isn't your thing, each week a different staff member's podcast covers a completely different topic that may be closer to your interests. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next week.